Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Hey, Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> it's all ridiculous. We're very ridiculous. Yeah, that's okay. Hey, man, how's it going? Ah, pretty good. It's February. It's ugly outside. It's pretty in here. The sun is it, shining, right? That's right. That's in, right. in our That's hearts. just the reflection off my head, man. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, first and foremost, for our listeners out there who've been very patient with us. Jason, we know it's been a few weeks since we've uh, released a podcast, but we've been really busy doing what financial advisors do. Oh, man, it's like my favorite thing to do. Yeah, meeting, meeting with, with clients. clients. That's awesome. Right? Wow, that was good. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that we would meet with our clients. Yeah, so, we, we are just so lucky. Yeah. Gosh, what a great job to have. Really good meetings. Uh, it was great catching up with a lot of folks who, you know, I, I think that sometimes it's, it's good to drag people in here because, sure. you know, if, if you don't, Next thing you know, it's been two years and you haven't talked to somebody and think about all the changes that could come up. So yeah, they come in and they tell you they've had babies and <laughs> changed jobs. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and we get to talk about like deep theological discussions about taxes. Theological. So now it's all right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we get deep. Well, we do. We probably <laughs> go deeper when it comes to taxes, I'd say more than most, <laughs> since most uh, run and hide from taxes. So we don't have a problem with that. What's funny is, uh, you know, uh, I almost threw in, in the uh, intro here, a, finance, or a CFP and an EA walk into a bar. This isn't a joke. This is old fashioned finance. So it just reminds me of the conversations that we've had with our clients over the last few weeks. Been really good. Like I said, we're absolutely blessed with the great clients. We're going to do something a little bit new for the next few episodes here. Jason Burnell will be joining me for at least the next three episodes as we embark on this voyage. It's Ooh. a small business, small batch, which we've done in the past. Yep. And, and the premise is basically we'll take a look at a small batch bourbon. Uh, we'll taste it. We'll talk about it, for it or against it. And then we will kind of lead into one of your areas of expertise, which is small business. So we're going to do it a little bit different, though, this time, because we're going we're gonna to do a three-part series here. This is the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast. So I think it would be really fun if we try these small batch bourbons, and then we see how they hold up in an old-fashioned. I can't almost hold back anymore. <laughs> I know. It's just like sitting don't in front of me. Leave that one. Leave that oh, one okay. because we're going to try this one in a second. <laughs> but for those of you who don't know, uh, most of you probably do, but Jason is the owner here at Blue Jay Financial Group. He's a CFP as well, Certified Financial Planner, and knows a thing or two about starting and or operating a business. He's also helped a lot of entrepreneurs. We have, you know, just talking about meeting with some of those folks over the last yep. few weeks that are entrepreneurs. You've helped a few of them along the way grow their business, sell their business. So a lot of expertise and knowledge that you can bring to the table there. So these next three episodes, we're going to kind of break it down. Today, I think we're going to kind of talk about starting a business. Yep. Next week, the plan is to talk about operating a business, and then we'll move on to selling a business and retiring and all of those things. So all that being said, let's get into the whiskey. It's been yeah, too long, my already, friend. Already, yeah. <laughs> all right, cheers. <laughs> Dang it. Um, we That's are just so good. <laughs> we are drinking a classic today. This is Elijah Craig Small Batch. Elijah Craig... I don't know about you, Jason, but when I started my bourbon journey, this was kind of the first one that, that really sucked me in. Yeah, I mean, you can just walk in there and most of the time you're going to see this on the shelf. And Almost 
everywhere. Yeah. Almost every yeah. liquor store and a lot of pharmacies, you know, Rite Aid around here I carries mean, makes liquor. Sense. It's great medicine. Uh, it is. <laughs> it really is. This is very, very obtainable. I know a couple of the small batch episodes we've done before, we kind of went for a little bit harder to find. This one is a really good everyday bourbon. And for crying out loud, you know, when I started drinking this stuff, uh, it had a big 12 on it. It had a 12-year age statement, which for probably around 30 bucks a bottle, a 12-year aged whiskey is phenomenal. That's really awesome, yeah. Now, they're not, you, you can't just make more 12-year bourbon, right? <laughs> it takes 12 years. Uh, so they've dropped the age statement. I think they're running like 8 to 12. But uh, that's Elijah Craig Small Batch, a staple, I think. And if you're thinking about getting into the hobby, this is the one that I always recommend to beginners. This is the first bottle that you should buy or one of the first bottles you should buy. Yeah, you're going to get a good idea of all like, what your palate feels like and tastes like, mm-hmm. how it finishes uh, versus just makers or you know the other staples it, this, this well, is a little bit more complex it, yeah it's got more going on i think and part yeah part of that is the age i think you know where i think a, a lot of these other staples as we'll, we'll keep throwing that term around you know they might have like a four-year age statement or something like that more time in the barrel is more time that you know in in the hot and cold it's expanding in the barrel and, and moving in and out of the wood and drawing more flavor from the wood so for 30 bucks it's a flavor blast. Is it the best bourbon out there? Nope. Is it a really solid bourbon? Absolutely. And you know what you do with a really solid bourbon? Drink it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this, well, this is one you wouldn't feel guilty about drinking on Not, a regular basis. Or making it old-fashioned with. Bingo. Let's yeah. try it. How does all it hold right. up in an old-fashioned? Here we go. Dang it. I love old-fashions. Gosh. Yeah. They're really good. I'm, we should name a podcast after it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, for those of you out there who listen, and it has been a while since we've done old fashions, or at least a traditional old fashioned, what we've got going here today is two ounces of bourbon. Again, we used Elijah Craig, small batch, a bar spoon worth of simple syrup. You could use a sugar cube in a pinch, wet that down with a little bit of water, muddle it up if you don't have simple syrup, or you can make simple syrup. Sure. Pretty simply. Uh, <laughs> two dashes of Angostura bitters, and I'm going to say... Jason, as you know, when I see two dashes, I add another dash for good measure. <laughs> and then we just garnish that with a an orange peel and a Luxardo cherry. So you were out there whenever we mix these up. Prep time, about five minutes. 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, I mean. I mean, you're doing dishes in five minutes. Like, <laughs> right. it's, it's over. So no time at all. And uh, it's a really, really good drink. It's, I say this holds up very well in it, an old fashioned. It does. And one of the things I will say, like, don't skip. Don't skip the orange peel. Yeah. Don't skip. The cherry, it's worth the money for the, you know, the, the, the good cherries. The good cherries. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I have, you know, Luxardos are, are kind of expensive, but at home I have just the Walmart, like mm-hmm. cocktail cherries and they're, they're comparable and they're, well, $3 a jar. Well, okay. You know? Let's, let's talk about that. When you say the Walmart cherries, do you mean the, like the dark ones, like the brandied cherries? Yep. They're okay. brandied cherries. I think they actually say cocktail cherry on it. Gotcha. Um, versus like a maraschino, you know, bright fluorescent red. Yeah. Um, looks like it was grown in a Petri dish. <laughs> exactly. Technically Luxardo's are, they're a very dark brandied cherry. It's technically a maraschino. Right. Um, but when you think maraschino cherry, you think that neon Jolly Rancher looking thing, which right. I have to admit, before trying a Luxardo, I was really happy with that in my cocktails. Do what makes you happy. You should enjoy this drink at home. 
spend the twenty dollars, yeah, and, and buy a, Lux, a Luxardo, a jar of Luxardo cherries. It will change cocktails forever for you, definitely. And I'm I won't go back. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> definitely worth it. In so. the pantry for the winter storms, they're there. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of got a stockpile going. We're, we're almost bunkering Luxardo cherries <laughs> at this point. So, good stuff. I think this is great. Elijah Craig is the solid, solid bourbon for an old fashioned. So let's enjoy these old fashions a little bit and let's get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, Jason. So you you know a thing or two about starting a business. Sure do. Yeah. So, and I kind of have mapped out a couple of talking points here. The first one, I think, is probably... Correct me if I'm wrong, but probably the most important in all of these, wouldn't you say? Definitely. You got to understand what you're going to spend. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It's it's staggering, the cost to start a small business, and, and mostly uh, because you make a lot of mistakes. I mean, you just, you just don't, you don't really know exactly what's going to occur, how it's going to occur, what the costs are going to be exactly. So a good budget and talking to somebody that's done it uh, goes a really long way. Yeah. I I just wrote on on our paper here, count the cost and you you, you hit on financial costs. That's definitely huge, right? Because you might be really good at what you do and think that, well, if I'm good at doing this for my current employer and I want to go do this on my own, I'll be really, really good at doing it on my own. But running a business and and, and e-myth is what's in my head. So that I, I would say that that's recommended reading for any of you out there who are thinking about starting a business. The Correct. E-myth. Yeah. Yep. But not only counting the financial cost, Jason, but what about the cost of the, the cost on your emotions, on your family <laughs> life and all the other things that go into it, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to be just generally kind of absent from your family <laughs> for a little while. I mean, nothing to be like super proud of or anything, but you got to dedicate the time. And so you got to be in a season in your life where you're able to take a couple, three, four months and know that you're probably going to have to put the hours in. But it's also an emotional roller coaster. It's strange. You, you, you walk out of your other job and you're just kind of on an island. <laughs> and so you strangely feel alone. So you might want to find a mentor. That would probably be one of my best pieces of advice. You know, that's that's coming up, I know, but Well, uh, th- but that's really that should be early on in the process, right? Don't don't go at it without even, you know, that's part of the counting counting the cost, finding someone who knows the cost who's done it, right? Yeah, and that should be like a regular pre-planned, pre-scheduled meeting because you're just going to you're going to get in a little bit of a a rut, you know, if you, if you don't watch yourself. Yeah. So I think it's important to think about the emotional impact. It's lonely out there. And I think a lot of folks see the prestige of small, starting a small business and yeah. you put your sign up and you're proud of it. And you're like, <laughs> man, look at what we've done. And, and then they come and tell you that your sign's too big and you have to take it down. You know, sounds like, uh, you have some experience with that little bit of experience. So, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things that you can't really anticipate. So I think get rest, you know, be ready, know that it's going to be a slog. It's a marathon. You're not going to sprint. You'll get through it. I mean, it, no if you doubt. don't, if you don't, then you just, you, die, you just right? don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you just don't. And there's, you were a good practitioner probably before in whatever you were doing. You can always go back. And that was a mistake. Emotionally for me, I thought, you know, if, if our firm didn't work, 
I was just going to die. Yeah. yeah. Like, I will just not exist anymore. And that's not the case, right? It, it just isn't. <laughs> So me personally, I came to Blue Jay Financial Group after the hard work was done, but I worked in the family business years past. I mean, I was doing things on my own. I was, you know, kind of a solopreneur or whatever. It's uh, hard enough to manage one person. You know, those are things that we can get into, I think, in the next podcast (laughs) as far as operating a business. But yeah, you know, when I left and came here, because we all left a place, a place to get here, right? Yeah. And I remember when I left the last employer and decided to embark on this wonderful journey, I walked out and it, you know, two steps into the parking lot, it hit me. I'm a financial advisor and I don't have any clients. <laughs> Holy crap, what have I done, right? Yeah, yeah, probably not the advice you'd give yourself as a financial <laughs> advisor. <laughs> on this side of the struggle, though, and I guess this is a long way of getting back to what I was, was saying. On this side of the struggle, I think that we would all say it's worth taking the risk. But as, part, uh, as far as counting the cost up front... What kind of things, Jason, from your experience, do you think are, you know, other than just the budget and things like that, what do you think are crucial before you you make that decision to step out and say, I'm going to hang a shingle, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and do my own thing? Yeah. So, I mean, like my my very first thing there would be like, spouse, you better be on board. Like, there, you can't have like a question mark, like, is this going to work or not? And you don't really know, but mm-hmm. they've got to support you wholeheartedly and know that they're behind you because if you doubt along the way, it's going to be rough and you, you're going to go through a few of those times where there's some doubt. So I think spouse has got to be on board. That's like my biggest piece of advice. And people do it without their spouse, which is crazy. Well, and you just said they've got to support you because one way or another, they're going to be supporting you like yeah, it or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You know, my, we have seven kids. So, you know, to tell my wife that she has to go check groceries at Meyer and that's yeah. a great job. She just, but the reality is, is she doesn't want to do that. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> feasibly, is that an option with seven kids? Well, no, no, no not even close. Uh, so there, there is another thing when it comes to counting the cost is I think you have to figure, like you said, you you might be going without a paycheck for a little while. So this is a finance podcast. Sure. We're talking about small business. Obviously, the big recommendations, and and we've talked on the show before. We've talked with our clients before about emergency funds. What's a good number? And you know, we we can apply our Dave Ramsey formula or whatever right. financial guru out there. Three to six months of expenses, three to six months of income. You know, whatever. Obviously, before you go out and do your own thing, you probably want to have more than three to six months of uh, income uh, piled up, right? Yeah, I mean, this is not your typical emergency. This is a pre-planned, <laughs> premeditated emergency? jumping off the cliff. You know, <laughs> like you better be ready to support yourself. Uh, for me, I would say at least three months. Uh-huh. Six is probably better. You should probably just plan on cutting way back. No vacations. Don't be don't be dumb and go buy a new car because you think you're a small business owner and you're puffing your chest out. Yeah. Don't do that. That's just that's silly. So yeah, an emergency fund is well probably an overfunded emergency fund, right? A, a war chest is a better way of saying it because that's really what it is because you just don't know what's going to happen entirely. Yeah. And, and you know, another thing, I, and I'm trying to think about, uh, I, I haven't counseled as, as many clients as far as saying, okay, we're going to quit our W-2 regular biweekly steady job and, right. and go out and do our own thing. A couple, not as many as you, but I almost approach it too, similar to how I approach retirement, except for we are counting on more income down the road sure. but from a debt and you know standpoint, right? So we talked about bulking up an emergency fund. 
but debt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just complicates it. You know, my suggestion to you is, and and to any small business owner would be just, you know, you really need to try to shoestring this thing together. That's going to make it hard. Most banks are, and honestly, on on the very beginning, you don't have any revenue. Like yeah. you have an idea, and most banks kind of frown upon just ideas. So. People will go and finance their houses and, mm-hmm. and do crazy stuff like that. And it's just simply not worth it. So don't add that component of risk. It's hard enough to save up a war chest and be ready to pull the trigger and quit your day job and all of a sudden be on the island of starting your own business. So don't make it harder because that's just another financial stress. So this, this is basic financial common sense elements here, folks. You know, we're talking about a savings account. We're talking about being lean and mean from a debt standpoint. If you can be out of debt entirely before starting your own business, yeah. you've given yourself a better runway. But, you know, similar to retirement, I'd say, you know, at least if you can get everything paid off other than your mortgage, you know, that's a really good start. So let's say, Jason, you're at that point. You're very good at your job. You want to go do it somewhere else or, or you know, let us say it's something entirely different and you've decided, I think I want to start my own business. We've counted the cost from a financial aspect. What are some of the other things that you need to consider? And, and I'm thinking as far as your niche or your, your, your place in the marketplace, what kind of things are you suggesting or looking at for someone who's thinking about carving out a niche in the community? Yeah. I mean, the market analysis that you need to do, you need to understand what you're going out in the community to sell. I mean, the community is really important. You know, I think we get kind of stuck in this like digital mindset and the market is way bigger than what, what you assume. So you better at least do a little bit of due diligence and understand like, do I have customers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like you better be be able to have some revenue. You Is know? somebody buying what I'm selling? Yeah, just because it's a hobby for you. You know, we have lots of hobbies and we love them and sure. we're passionate about them. I mean, bourbon is certainly one of them. But that doesn't mean that, you know, in a, in Nay, Ohio, I should open, you know, a distillery and expect people to just, if I build it, hey, they will you come. you know what? That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I think you should do some market analysis. There's lots of grain over there, but that doesn't mean it's a good idea for bourbon. Okay, so pause on that. I might have to think about that a little bit. Nay might be a wonderful spot for a distillery. Uh, no, but anyway, <laughs> even even when it came to deciding whether or not to do this podcast, and I know that, that that's this isn't our business, but it is a part of our business. Sure, and it was yeah. almost like starting a business within a business. You know, we had to do a lot of research to find out, do we have a market? Is there a demand for what we're doing? Is right. there demand for a podcast that's talking about cocktails and finance? Yes. <laughs> Apparently there is. <laughs> now, I guess this is a good lead in too to sure. uh, market analysis and demand is it takes time to cultivate that business too, right? It, it sure does. Yeah. You don't just like go and hang your shingle and like think that everything's going to be hunky dory. You better do your, you know, proper legal work, understand your structure, kind of go down that, that path. Because if you don't, you know, you might get some surprises, especially when it comes to tax time. A lot of small business owners, I would say like put their head in the sand and don't really think about the consequences of their purchases and their revenue streams. And, and, and it's just, it's just a mistake. Yes. Boring. You know, sure. We we strangely. I don't like, like to it. do boring things. Yeah, but this you're, isn't boring. You're an EA man. Is, <laughs> like, uh, you're you're oh, a tax, tax guy. The tax code is 
fascinating. Oh, man. That's like a counseling <laughs> session waiting to happen right there. Well, I guess there's there's got to be people who find that uh, entertaining or, or interesting. But Yeah, but I mean, if you don't, if you don't sit down with like a competent, like, attorney and try to like structure your business. Yeah. I, I just, I think that it, it makes it even more difficult. And, and, you know, if you have more than one party, you know, in a business, you better, you better take the time to do that because mm-hmm. it's just complicated. Relationships are hard and you know, you want to stay friends. I mean, that's really important. Yeah. Uh, so you, you were kind of leading into the structure and things like that. That's one that really, I think a lot of times you just assume I'm going to, I'm going to go do this. Oh, I need to set up a you know, a sole prop bank account. Oh, I need to set up an LLC. I need, I didn't know these things. Right. So (laughs) when the revenue is flowing in, it's got to go somewhere. Right. So you've got to be set up and ready to go again, even going back to, you know, knowing your market and the demand for your product, just because you put the neon open sign up doesn't mean that you're going to have a line out the door. Right. There. Right. I mean, even if you are like, you worked in this community, right. For years, correct. Before opening a similar business, in this community. Correct. But Blue Jay Financial Group, where we work, was an unknown commodity for the most part. It was right? a figment of my imagination. <laughs> and that is the craziest thing. Like it didn't exist and all of a sudden it does. And if you kind of back away from your small business for a minute and you're kind of excited and you got butterflies in your stomach and there's something good about that, you back away for a minute and you look at it and you go, huh. No one knows what the heck this is. Yeah. So like, (laughs) it's scary. You and I know this and everybody that works in this office knows this, but we're confused all the time for an eye doctor. Oh gosh. (laughs) Dang it. I can give eye exams, but it's not good. I think that would be a good second source of revenue for us because a lot of people come in asking for them, but um, we're busy enough. (laughs) And this is after what, six or seven years of of being open and out there and, and in plain sight. Right. Um, and, uh, and existing. Pun intended. Uh. <laughs> wow. Did you see what I just did there? You that did. was totally an yeah, accident. That took a while too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of things that we've got to, we've got to consider upfront for sure. For someone who's in the process, Jason, obviously, and we're not going, this is not going to be an in-depth detailed, this is how I start a business 101, right? No, this is just, you've got the itch. I've been telling clients, by the way, Jason, just because of where we're at economically, remember this is a finance podcast. Sure. You know, with demand for, not demand for jobs, demand for people to fill jobs, right? Right. right. I, I tell folks who have been at an employer for a long time and aren't appreciated or are not being compensated for what they're worth, now is a great time to improve your situation. Correct. Could the same be said for starting your own business? Yeah. I mean, I think. With proper due diligence, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, I think we are in a unique period in our in our economic activity currently, um, where people have disposable income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, inflation's high, and you know things are scary in the world. But that's only if you turn on the news. That's right, and that's how it's <laughs> always been. Though, I mean, I'm not poo pooing the fact that there are people suffering around the world. Like I. I Never would do that. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is if you have a chance to improve your situation and you got the, I don't know, the good spa to go after <laughs> it, you know, like. You yeah, sh- that wasn't the word I was thinking of, but yeah, good, what you yeah, just said. I yeah, mean, this is a family b- show. B- <laughs> good spa. <laughs> uh, you should do it. I can't imagine any 
more exciting adventure, especially if you count the costs and you, you understand your market and you, and you do all the, the background work, it's really, really fulfilling. And yeah, you'll still have those times where people are like, Blue Jay Financial Group, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> you guys do auto loans? Oh, man, like, no. Yeah, yeah, so. we do get that. I get a lot of um, like mortgage questions and stuff like that. Sure. But, uh, and after seven years, you would expect that to be <laughs> gone, but it's just not. And it's fine. Like, people don't, don't understand unless they have a specific need. And that's actually a reflection of your market a bit. Well, it takes time to be present and be seen for one. So sure. count on that whenever you're you're uh, in the in the stages of of I keep saying it, hanging a shingle. That's right. Um, not only does it take a lot of time and planning to realize that you've got an idea, it's it's time to make the move, and then you've got all the the build up, the lead time, all the prep stuff where you're not producing, you're just working on getting things up and running, and then the time it takes to be a known commodity in the community, which right. I think is is. That can take decades. Sure um, can, yep. So you got to plan for those things. I, I think, Jason, to wrap it up here, let's talk. You, you mentioned mentoring and coaching, right? And I know that you have a couple of mentors and coaches that you work with, multiple, three or four that I know of. Sure. And you know, bouncing ideas off of clients, that's really helpful too, people who've been there and done that. And just because you've been there and done that doesn't mean that you know the best ways of doing things. So talk a little bit about, let, let's say that you're in that position where you think you've got a good idea. You know you're a good technician, right? Uh, or what, what did you practitioner? You said before, sure. In your opinion, what does it take to make that decision? I may be very good at what I do, but does that mean that I'll be a good business owner? Yeah, I mean, I think that is probably one of the most common myths, and that's where the e myth kind of concept comes from. Mm -hmm. Required reading, wonderful book. You got to make sure you understand the difference between being a great practitioner or technician and what it means to be a business owner because they are very different. Mm -hmm. And a good mentor, coach, whatever you want to call them, will kind of pull you down to earth and say, you know, listen here, Skippy, you're, <laughs> you're, you know, you're not, this isn't anything new yeah. or it, maybe it is, but this isn't anything new. So you better understand just exactly where you're headed. I would not be anywhere near where I am today. Blue Jay wouldn't be a company at all, quite frankly, if it weren't for good coaching and mentors. I appreciate them and have a debt of gratitude towards them. So find that person, whether it's someone that's done it, mm -hmm. you know, I would, I'm mentors to other folks, or it's somebody who you just trust and they have a good gut instinct. I think that that's worth every minute spent and you should show them tons of gratitude. I, I, I think they always almost have like those secret formulas that I don't even like, where did you come up with this? Well, I got my butt handed to yeah. me, you know, like 10 years ago and this <laughs> X, Y, Z, you know, we say it about a lot of different occupations. A lot of times you, you know, you get the education, you get the licensing, the designation, whatever. And then you feel like, all right, I'm good to go. I've done what I need to do. Now I get to go be successful. We say it all the time, especially as financial advisors. What's the next step? The best thing that can happen is you go out and you get your butt kicked for a couple of years, right? It's really good for you. <laughs> as far as a business owner, I would imagine it's kind of the same mentality. The best thing is to go out and unfortunately it's painful, but pruning hurts, right? It does. Uh, go out and get your butt kicked for a little while so that you can weather the storm. Yeah, but I mean, it's in, in the same vein. You just need to know who like is in your, on yeah. your side of the court. That's it. Working with someone who's had their butt kicked. Right. I mean, if 
if you're gonna, not like me, I have to learn the, the hard way. That's how <laughs> I am. I, I don't learn unless it's the hard way. Uh, but if you can learn from somebody else's mistakes, having them in your corner, like you said, is a great thing. Yeah, but having that mentor that's like, I told you that was going to happen. <laughs> and you're like, you did it anyway. Yeah. And they still love you and they're going to help you. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just wonderful to have. So I, I think, you know, let's wrap this up here, Jason, but it, it sounds like we need to count the cost. You, you need to do a lot of the due diligence from a market standpoint. You need to have a good mentor, coach, or two or three or a dozen, whatever. I think the mentality really is take your time and do it right. Like we say with anything in this business, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. We are big fans of uh, people being entrepreneurial and living their sure. dreams, but there's a cost for sure. So this has been helpful. I think it's been fun. Just talking to you uh, in general about starting the business is always a good time. So I'm looking forward to next week when we talk a little bit more about operating a business. Yeah. So will you, will you come back next week? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. as long as there's bourbon here and old fashions, all, all, I, I think we can, we can hook that up. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance podcast, be sure to email us at speakeasy at oldfashionedfinance.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with all of the latest action by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Jason and Caleb. Yay! Cheers! See you next week. Oh, drinks. <laughs>